Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Are y'all excited for this morning? So I, I didn't introduce myself last service, and maybe I don't have to, but uh, my name's uh, Eric Gonzalez, and I'm one of the pastors here. I'm the executive pastor here at Tree of Life, and um, ooh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I got one fan in the first row. All right. Thank God it's not about fans. <laughs> no, but um, so, you know, as I, as I was preparing for this service, Pastor Don, before they left for uh, vacation, actually, should be told, I went on vacation. I was out last week. Um, we, we went out to uh, Boston, um, and uh, we went to Boston because my, my uh, youngest daughter, which is sitting in the front row here, she turned 18 on Friday. <laughs> so, so I figured we'd, we'd take her to Boston, and then that way when I slip her the rent, check, the rent bill, it'll go down a little bit easier. <laughs> no, I'm not charging her rent, I don't think, but... Um, <laughs> No, but, but we went out to Boston, and, and uh, if I could indulge you, I, uh, just a little side story that happened. Um, you know, we, we had some, um, you know, ministry to attend to the morning that we were flying out, so we didn't get a chance to fly until, it was probably, I think we caught a plane at like 6 o'clock, 6 p.m., and for those of you that know, Boston is also an hour, um, uh, I guess, ahead, or, yeah, ahead, so it's an hour later over there, and so by the time we landed, it was right, like 1 in the morning, and um, we had rented a car, and, and mind you, I've only been to Boston like maybe once or twice, but it's so long ago. And we rented a car because we were staying on the outskirts, and, um, and so we were going up to the rental car place, and like the, the guy meets us, and he's like, I'm sorry, I rented a midsize, right? So, because I'm like, I'm going to be driving in the city, I, I don't want anything too big, don't want anything too small, you know, and he's like, I'm sorry, we're all out. I've got minivans, and I've got an SUV. <laughs> and I looked at my wife, and my wife was like, you're not putting me in a minivan. <laughs> and so I was like, I, I'm going to take the SUV. So we, we load up in the SUV, and I, I don't remember what it was. It was like a, maybe a Nissan Frontier or something like that, Pathfinder maybe. And we're, we're all set. We're ready to go, and, and uh, I can't find the key, and, and it won't turn on, right? So I'm like, where's the key? So it, it's a pretty good walk back to the, the main, uh, you know, where they, they, we get the rental car and where we were directed to. So I'll get out the car and I go walk and go to him and I'm telling him, there's no key in there. And he's like, I'm so sorry. He's a really nice guy, really nice guy. And so they go do about their thing and they look like they're running around. They can't figure out what's happening. Well, he comes back and he's like, go back to the vehicle. I promise you I'll make it up to you. I promise you I'll make it up to you. So I'm like, all right, so I go back to the vehicle, right, and we're waiting, we're waiting. Well, he comes in, he drives up in a brand new Chevy Tahoe. And I'm like, okay, I only paid mid-car mid size price, but I got this nice three-row, brand new Chevy Tahoe with navigation and all this stuff that I didn't pay for. I was like, yes, yes, until I got out into the streets of Boston. <laughs> and we parked the following morning. I was like, oh man, something good? turn bad really quick because driving in Boston is no joke. Like I looked it up. It is the worst place to drive in the United States. And I think it's the worst place to park as well. <laughs> well, the worst place to park a Tahoe. But anyways, I, I'm remiss. I, I shared that. But let's, let's jump into the message. Um, so I'm going to start with Second uh, Chronicles 30 uh, verse 1. And uh, I'm going to read through a couple of uh, scriptures and then We'll talk a little bit. So this is um, Hezekiah, and it says, Hezekiah sent word 
to all Israel and Judah, and also wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh, inviting them to come to the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. The couriers went from town to town in Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulun, but people scorned and ridiculed them. Nevertheless, some from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. Also in Judah, the hand of God was on the people to give them unity of mind to carry out what the king and his officials had ordered, following the word of the Lord. A very large crowd of people assembled in Jerusalem to celebrate the festival of unleavened bread in the second month. They removed the altars in Jerusalem and cleared away the incense altars and threw them into the Kidron Valley. So let, let's, let's kind of back up a little bit. So th this story or where we entered text is about Hezekiah. And um, if you guys are anything like me, the last couple of weeks with Pastor Don preaching on anointed have just been so, so powerful, haven't they? I mean, I, I got to tell you, I told you I was in Boston and, and we were actually uh, flying back that morning, but I got a chance to watch it. And I was just like, man, even, even where I was at, the spirit of the Lord was so powerful, like to watch it. I can only imagine what it was like to be in the house, you know, on that morning. So for those of you that were here, you're blessed to be here. And there is something about being in the house, right? There's there just something about that. And, and yes, the spirit can go over the feed, but there's something about being in the house. So much so that I, I know I, I didn't get a chance to even get one of those anointed shirts. <laughs> I saw everybody wearing their anointed shirt today and I'm like, I'm going to have to have one made for me. That's a pastoral privilege, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> but but his, his message and his series have made such an impact on me. Even uh, the, the scripture that it's all based upon, right? The, the uh, though I am weak today, I am anointed king. And, and I, I've quoted that over and over. I've told myself that over and over. It's been so, it, it's ministered to me so much. In fact, he said something, and I know it, it was probably more of a slip of the tongue, but I, I've told my wife on occasion, he said it early on. He said, um, um, though I am a pain, I'm anointed. <laughs> I think he meant to say, though I'm in pain, but I, I received that and told my wife, though I'm a pain, I'm anointed to be your husband. <laughs> But, but that, that the series has been so impactful and ministering to me. And, and when he um, let me know that, that I was going to preach today, it was, uh, it was right before I left for vacation. And so I, I kind of had an inkling, if you will, or felt like where God was taking me. And, and he was taking me to the, this portion of Scripture. It was in Second Chronicles 30. This, this portion is what he would have been ministering to me about and um, it was interesting because the, I already had the title or maybe the title was already kind of stirred up in me and it was the return to Passover was, was kind of where I was at. I was talking about Passover. But then last week, if you were here, he said something and it kind of jarred me a little bit. He's like, you know, don't get stuck in Passover on your way to Pentecost, right? He, he talked about that. And so I was like, Lord, are you sure you want me to talk about Passover? Because like that, that didn't sound like, but, but God confirmed it to me. And so I, I want to talk to you about Passover, but I want to talk to you about Passover as it relates to Pentecost, right? So first, before we talk about the text, let's talk a little bit about what Passover is. And if you, again, last week, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, I want to encourage you, go back and watch it. Go back and watch the series. In fact, that's probably one that you should keep on repeat. 
if I could say it that way. That's one that you should probably go back to every now and again. But um, if you remember, he talked about Passover. So Passover, if you don't know what it is, it's actually the, the time that we remember or celebrate when Egypt, uh, or rather the Israelites, were brought out of Egypt. But the specificity of it is that there were 10 plagues that came upon Egypt, right? And in the 10th plague, there was, God was sending the spirit of death over Egypt. And what was to happen was that the spirit of death was going to go from house to house and was going to kill the firstborn. And, and so what God told Moses to tell the people was that take, find a spotless lamb, sacrifice it, and put the blood over your doorpost. And then, and then what's to happen is that on that night, right, the spirit of the Lord would pass over that door and would not take any life from that door, from that, from that household. And so for many generations after that, that, that was the celebration in honor of that. In fact, it happens the first month, the 14th day of every year is the celebration of Passover. It's still a Jewish holiday, right? Now, now you're probably telling, well, Jewish holiday, what, what does that mean to us? And, and so I think that's, that's valid. For us, Passover is when we take communion, when we remember what Jesus did for us. It's when we take that time to recognize that there was a, uh, a substitute, right? Jesus was the lamb that shed his blood that was put over our doorpost so that judgment passes over us, right? And we get access into the kingdom. So, so Passover for us is really, really important. It really is. Like Passover is such an important time for us to remember, to reflect. And, and so last week when Pastor Don said, don't get stuck in Passover, it, it jarred me a little bit because I was like, well, what does he mean? Like, what, what does that mean, getting stuck in Passover? Because I want to get to Pentecost, right? I, I don't know about you, but I want to get to Pentecost, the power where, where everything is happening and God is moving, right? In, in, I want to get to that upper room, Right? And so, so I really, I started going back to this text that I was already in and just kind of digesting it a little bit more. So let's talk a little bit about this text before we kind of pull out what it means. But Hezekiah was, was such a, a, a great man of God in um, the Old Testament. He was actually a king that, was, um, that followed God, that followed God. He did similar to what David did. And, and what's interesting about Hezekiah is that he, his father was actually a very evil man, right? So Hezekiah was raised in a household where his father did not follow God. In fact, it says that his father Ahaz actually sacrificed some of his kids to gods of that land. So that's how evil his father was. But yet something happened in Hezekiah's life. We don't know what it is. The Bible doesn't say it. But when he took power after his father died at the age of 25, one of the first things he did, the, it says the first day of the first month of his reign, he went and his father had shut the doors of the temple, had created altars all around it. He went and he actually opened the doors of the temple. He had them cleaned it out. He had them restored. He made sure that the temple service was happening. So that was one of his first initiatives was getting the temple restored so that people can worship, so that people can pray, so that people can seek God, right, in the temple. And, and mind you, this was before the, the Jesus had come and given his life and that the Holy Spirit had come. And so now the temple is in us, right? right? But back then it was a place, right, where God resided, it was a place where his spirit resided that had been shut off from the world and had been closed off and had been left for 
just for it to, I guess, be there but not be used. And so it's amazing that Hezekiah had the, the foresight or the relationship with God to the first thing he does is to go in and restore the temple. Right? And there's probably something more. If I had a, a couple more Sundays, we'd probably dig a little bit deeper in there. But, but where we jumped into the text right, is Hezekiah decided after he restored the temple, we need to have a Passover. Like it, it says that Passover had not really been celebrated up until that point for many. And it was, I think it was actually three kings before him. So uh, maybe 75 years. I don't know what the actual timeline was, but there was time that the Passover was not celebrated at least corporately because the kings before him had not walked in the eyes of the Lord or in the ways of the Lord. And so he decides we gotta, we gotta have Passover, right? We gotta have Passover. And so I, I think about this, this situation, this king, and, and he's got such a relationship with God. And the first thing that he does is cleans out the temple. And then now he's like, we gotta remember what was done for us, right? Now, What's interesting, though, is, is where I left you, that last scripture. And, and I, I want to go back to that last scripture that, that we read, because this happens right before the first actions of Passover. They're all connected. But that last scripture, it's Second uh, Chronicles 30, verse 14. It says, they removed the altars in Jerusalem and cleared away the incense altars and threw them into the Kidron Valley. So I, I, I want to pose to you that in preparation... For the Passover, right, the king ordered that the altars would be removed. Now, this is interesting because the altars, right, were there and they were established by his father and his father's father. They, they were altars throughout Jerusalem and it specifies Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a city. He's a king of a nation, right? So Jerusalem all the altars and incense and things that were not for God were removed and they were thrown in the Kidron Valley. So they were destroyed. They were tossed out. And this is in preparation of Passover. And, and I, I think about this and, and this is where I landed. This is what, what was really like stirring in me. And, and you know, if you're like me, I'm probably like, I'm, I'm one of those that when God tells me something, sometimes I have to sit there and go, God, could you like give it to me in like, like um, Bible for dummies, like, <laughs> you know, like, like could, could you just like make it plain to me? Because like, you know, you, you're talking about consecration and Passover and, and all these words. And, and not that I don't know what they mean, but like, I want to know how to apply it to my life, right? I, I want to know what that means to me because it, I can read something and if I can't apply it, then it's useless to me right? It, it's useless. And so I, I was dwelling on that because the first thing I thought was, well, I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think any of you have any altars in your houses to ball. I, I don't think so. And if you do take them down, like that is not good, right? But, but altars, I think, had the meaning and, and the intention behind it over the years has changed, Right? It's changed because the enemy knows that you're not going to light a candle to another God. You're not going to burn incense to another God. You're not going to set up an altar in your house to another God. So what he's done and worked really hard at is, is actually hiding what the altars are. Right? So, so what the altar is, and, and let's break it down. An altar is to place worship to something. And so if there is an altar that is not to God, there is something in us that we're worshiping something that is not God. And so that can be anything, 
right? For, for some of us, it could be something that really is like sinful and horrible. And, you know, it, it could be that, that we're, we're stuck in, in pornography. It could be that we're stuck in alcoholism. It could be that we're stuck in drug abuse, right? And, and that definitely, those definitely are altars. But, but it's also good things. You know, I told you about the, the, the Tahoe that I got. I thought it was a good thing. It turned to a bad thing. And if we don't, if we're not careful, even good things in our life can turn into a bad thing. I'll give you an example. Your job can become your altar. Your, your paycheck can become your altar. Right? Your, your social media feed, ouch, can become your altar. Right? Food can become your altar. Even your spouse can become anything that takes the place of God in your life. Where God is supposed to be becomes an altar. It becomes an altar. And so I, I think about this place of, of Passover and there's a responsibility within us to be able to remove some of those altars. Now, now let's be clear, right? I, I wanna be really clear. You accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is nothing you have to do and nothing that you can do to earn salvation. There, there is no, that is a gift from God. But too many of us, too many of, of the people around us, too many of us in this country, too many of us in this world, we, we accept Christ, but then we walk out of church and walk right back into hell. We, we walk right back into the altars that, that we've set up and, and we don't even know them. We don't even know that they're altars, but they're there. And so you might be telling me, well, what's, what's the danger in that? What, what's the danger in that? So I, I actually want to call up Doug. Doug, will you come up and help, help me out? Everybody give Doug a hand clap. For those of you that don't know, Doug is actually on staff and he is our chaplain at Laurel Ridge. So every week he goes out to Laurel Ridge and ministers to them. Um, so he, here's what, what I want to, we talked about the danger, right, in leaving altars set up. So we come in and we have a great service, right, like today, right, today, yeah. <laughs> And, and last week and the week before, we, we have a great service. And so we walk out and we're like, praise God. And, and there, I don't know about you, but every time I come in, there's something that, that you just feel like, you just feel like God deposited something in you, right? Like you, you feel powerful, you do. And then you walk out and you go back into life, right? And, and we'll, we use me as an example because I don't want to put any of you on, on the spot, right? Um, but I go back into my life and then, and I'm like... Oh, maybe I'm watching TV and, you know, something comes on that I know I shouldn't be watching, right? And, and, and maybe I had no intention. It was a good show, but, but something came on and, and I knew I should have changed the channel. I knew I should have turned it off. And so what, what do I do? I, I leave it on and I'm like, hey, um, Holy Spirit, could you not watch this for a little bit? <laughs> like, like, would you mind just, just for a bit, just, just, just for a very little bit, okay? I mean, it's a good show. You'd really like it, I promise. You know, and so we, we, we put the blinders on because we, we, don't want, we don't want God like looking in on this stuff that we're looking at, right? Or, or maybe 
Maybe it's a, something that I'm listening to, right? Uh, it's a comedian that maybe is a little bit too crass or it's songs that re- remind me of my childhood or, or there's, there's things that I'm listening to that I shouldn't be listening to, people's counsel that I know is not of God. There's things that I'm letting in my ear. So, but, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I'm like, what, what, could you just, like, do, do you mind? Like, I know, I, I know you have good for me, but I'm just gonna listen to this over here if you don't mind. Oh man, thank God he put him on. So, <laughs> and, and so we're, we're sitting there and we're like, we're taking actions that we know we shouldn't take or doing things that we know we shouldn't do. And, and again, sometimes it's, it's not even a bad thing. It's just a good thing that went wrong. Right? And, and then we keep on going and, and you know, the Holy Spirit's like, hey, you know what? You, you, you need to serve. Hey, hey, you know what? You need to tithe. Hey, you know what? You need to bless that person. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, Holy Spirit, how, how about not so loud? Like, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I appreciate that, but, but could you just, like, that's just a little bit too uncomfortable when, when you start telling me what I need to do. Right? And, and, and so then, then I'm sitting there and, and effectively I've taken out eyes, ears, and mouth. And so then what I do is I, I come over and, and I've, chained him up, right? And, and I'm sitting there and, and I want to live my life the way I want to live. I want to do things the way I want to do them, right? And, and I want to be who I am to be, whatever that may be, because that's me. But then what happens? I lose a job, lose a loved one, Something happens in my life that, that I'm crying out for God and I'm like, God, please speak to me. Please speak to me. I, I can't hear you. I, I can't hear you. Why, why won't you talk to me? He must, he must not care. He must not really be there. He, he must not be real. And so I, I battle with that because I, I'm sitting there and, and the things that I've done when coming out of Passover, I didn't do what I should have done and I blame God for it. I blame God. Well, what about when somebody needs healing that I run into and I wanna pray for them and I want the spirit to move and I pray and I pray and nothing happens. Whose fault is that? Well, what about when somebody in my life needs counsel, godly counsel? And yet, I've allowed these altars in my life to separate me from what God wants me to do. And yet, I sit there and I walk through my life and I'm trying to go, okay, Holy Spirit, be with me. Holy Spirit, uh, you, Holy Spirit should I serve? I guess not. <laughs> Holy Spirit, should I give? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> you know, I, I, now, I'm, I'm fulfilling my own, pro- whatever I want, Right? You know, I, I, I think there's a little bit more to this, though. Because as I was kind of prepping for this, I was convicted and, and by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I was like, Holy Spirit is all-powerful. Does he look all-powerful? Ho- Holy Spirit can move everywhere and anywhere does he look like he can move anywhere and everywhere? 
The, the Holy Spirit hears all things and sees all things. Does he look like he can hear all things and see all things? Does he? And so I, I was wrestling with this and I was like, I, I don't understand. Like, where are you taking me, God? And, and he took me to this scripture. And so I want to read it to you. It's 2 Corinthians 10.5. And it says, we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. So there are things in our life that are setting themselves up against God. It's not saying that I set it up. It's saying they set themselves up, right? But, but let's take it a step further. Let's go to the next one. This is in 1 Corinthians 14, 15. It says, then what am I to do? I pray with, what does it say? My spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me. But I also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. I will sing with what? My spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me. But I will sing intelligently with my mind and understanding. And so I'm sitting there. I'm like, this Holy Spirit, if that's not you, in this scripture, what is, whose spirit is that? Whose spirit? This is my spirit. This is how the Holy Spirit communicates through me, to me, through my spirit. And what have I done? I've chained him up. I've covered his eyes, covered his mouth, covered his ears. Because I've done that to myself, not to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to continue to move and do what he needs to do. But, but I limited his ability to work through me. And I'm only reliant on his ability to come over me. So now when I come into church service, it's great because when I come into church service, it's when I feel good because the chains fall off, right? The, 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 the blindfolds come off because my spirit man connects with the Holy Spirit. You can take those off, Doug. Thank you. And you can sit down. My spirit man connects with the Holy Spirit and I feel good about it. That's why coming into church service feels so good because the chains fall off. All of that happens. But it doesn't make a difference. I walk back to my altars when I go back out because I walk back out and I willingly put those chains back on I willingly put them back on I willingly get those ears closed again and put the blindfold on and I'm doing it to myself and then I want to know why God doesn't move I want to know why things don't happen in my life I want to know why the blessings are over there and not over here it's because I've done it to myself I've done it to myself and so when, when Pastor Don was talking about getting stuck at Passover, right, getting stuck at Passover, I, I understood that a little bit more because now I understand that Passover, yes, it is a gift, but we remember. And there is action on our part, right? He said, take this bread, do this in remembrance of me. Take this cup, do this in remembrance of my blood, right? There is action on our part. There is action, and, and can I tell you, the action doesn't stop. It, it doesn't stop when you take down the altars and God frees your spirit and you come through because you know what happened if we go back, let's go to actually the, the last um, verse, 2 Corinthians 31.1. Now this is after Passover. It said, when all this had ended, the Israelites 
who were there went out to the towns of Judah and smashed the sacred stones and cut down the Asherah poles. They destroyed the high places, the altar throughout Judah and Benjamin and Ephraim and Manasseh. After they had destroyed all of them, the Israelites returned to their own towns and to their own property. Did you catch it? I I don't know if you did, but, but this was powerful when I saw it. And so this is what I want to share with you. That when I told you it doesn't stop, it, doesn't, it really doesn't stop. But there's some things that happened in, in these two verses. You already heard in the previous verse, in 14, that they had taken down the, 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 um, the idols, right? They had taken down the Asherah poles, and that was in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a city. It's a city. Now they went out and they went into Judah. Judah is a nation. So, so there's idols that you take down in your heart that are replacing God, but also after Passover, there are idols that you need to be aware of on the peripherals that you need to start taking down because they might raise themselves up against the knowledge of God. So you need to go out. That's the first thing that happened. The second thing that happened is that in verse 14, in verse 14, it was the king and his magistrates, the king and his people. This one says the people. So that, that's what's powerful about this. And you heard Pastor Dave talk about it, is what God is giving you is not for a pastor from here to preach to you. It's something that you have in your Bibles, in your homes, in your prayer life that you can walk in. You don't need me to pray for you to receive healing. God is giving you that. And I'm not saying it's bad for a pastor to pray for you. All I'm saying is that the power is not in me or Pastor Don or somebody up here who's singing. The power is in you and your relationship with God and the Holy Spirit that comes over your life to give you exactly what you need when you need it. And so you you think about the things that you do to tear down altars. There there are are things that you do, you have to tear down altars, but then you also have to set up altars, right? Because there are gaps. And so sometimes if we don't take the time to fill it with something else, right, then it just comes back. It just comes back. And so that's something else, obviously, is God. But there are things that you have to do. You know, as I was studying, one of the other things that came to me, there was a, a... study that was done. This was done a few years back, and it was by the Center for Bible Engagement. Center for Bible Engagement, they wanted to understand how people were interacting with the Bible. They wanted to to get a good sense of it, and so what they did is they actually polled 40,000 people, 40,000, and they wanted to find out how people were engaging, and so what what they found, they found some really interesting information that they weren't looking for but it came out in this study. And so the first thing they said is that people who read their Bible once a week, um, it, it was negligible. Like there, there was no change in, in who they were. And so, and, and I don't say this from a condemning place, but, but if, if you only opened up your Bible today or your Bible app today, right, there's so much more for you. There's so much more for you. Don't, don't let it just be today. Let today be the first day. But, but they studied this, and if you opened up your Bible once a week, there was, there was no difference than somebody who didn't read their Bible at all. In fact, the same thing happened at day two. There was, there was no difference. 
They got to day three, and day three, there was a blip on the map, but, but it was just a blip. But then something incredible happened. At day four, the results skyrocketed. They, they just went off the chart at day four. At day four, and so I, in my haste, I'm like, Lord, what, what holy number four do I need to connect this to? Like, you know, there's a trinity and 40, and maybe it's 40 without the zero. And, you know, but, but you know what, what I, I really felt was, was happening there? Four was the moment that they were spending more time in days of the week in the word than they were without. And so that was the moment that they saw this huge jump. And so you're probably asking me, well, what, what, what is the jump? Right? What, what is it that they saw? Here, here are a couple statistics that happened at day four. At day four, feeling lonely dropped by 30%. Just the feeling of lonely, loneliness dropped by 30%. Anger issues dropped by 32%. Bitterness in relationships with marriage and, and family and kids, it dropped by 40%. Alcoholism dropped by 57%. Feeling stagnant or stuck in your spiritual walk dropped by 60%. Viewing pornography dropped by 61%. Just by being in your Bible four days a week. But it wasn't just the bad things that went away. There were some good things that happened. Sharing your faith jumped 200%. When you were in your Bible just four days a week, discipling others jumped by 230% just by being in your Bible four days a week. And so when we talk about getting from Passover to Pentecost, there are things that, that you have to do. Right? It's great to come in and experience Passover here and feel his presence, but if there is not a direct translation that affects your life at home, your life at work, your life out and about, if there is not a direct translation, then you are missing out. You are missing out. And you've got to do just like they, did. they said, walk out of here and you've got to identify those, those idols. You know, Passover to Pentecost. It's, it's an important part of our journey. It really is. And, and Passover, Passover is about remembering, right? It, it's about remembering, but Pentecost is about revival, right? We, we remember, but if we don't get to the revival, right, then it's just a distant memory. Passover, Passover is personal. Right? It's what happens in here. Pentecost, Pentecost is powerful. It's what happens out here. Right? But Passover is about what you can do. Pentecost is what he will do. Right? If I could say it, Passover is about the lamb, Pentecost is about the lion. Right? And so if we want our Pentecost, we've got to get through Passover. We've got to get through that place and take down those altars. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. 